This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. You're listening to TGI Sports Talk with your host, Keith Angle, on Northeast Streaming Sports. All kinds of miscommunications here. Good morning, everybody. Keith Angle for TGI Sports Talks. Are you serious? I'll be joined in my in a few minutes by my co-host, the Mad New Yorker, Carlos Chavez. Sorry for the uh, my 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 fingers just didn't want to hit the buttons in the right order this morning, so I apologize. Oh, guys, I hope you had a great week. A lot of a lot of. Look, it's a great time for sports, right? We just came through the NFL draft. We'll talk about that a little bit as far as how it applies to the local teams here, uh, New York, Giants and Jets, and maybe a little bit about the Bills and Pats. We'll see how we go. Uh, we'll talk some Major League Baseball, the hot start for the Mets and and the, the streak that just ended for the Yankees. What's real? What's not real? Who do we trust more going forward? Maybe we'll get to the NBA playoffs. Who knows? Uh, and your top, your uh, your comments, you know, guys, bring your comments, and uh, they help us uh, get through this hour and and make it a little bit more lively. So we welcome you all in. We welcome everybody on Facebook and YouTube and Twitter. You'll hear us on the podcast later. All of them, iHeartRadio, Spotify, any you can think of, and then we'll be live, not live, plausibly live at noon on Roku uh, with the show today. Uh, before we get started, I wanted to uh, quickly play the promo for the uh, the Dreamride Experience, uh, which is part of the Hometown F- Foundation uh, Incorporated. This event, and you'll hear it in the promo, I apologize. I think it's the 26th, 27th, and 28th. I could be wrong of August. Um, but it's a great, it's a great cause, uh, helping kids uh, from the Special Olympics and some other people. And it's really blossom from just a motorcycle ride to an event that covers a lot of different things from canine, uh, uh, police canine uh, events, uh, competitions, uh, chili cook-offs, anything you can pretty much think of. They raised $3 million last year, I believe, and $18 million in total so far. So it's a great event if you can promote it, or I'm sorry, if you can, if you can uh, contribute, if you can attend it, it's in Farmington, Connecticut. And I think you want to take a look at this promo real quick. And I'll be right back with my co-host, Carlos Chavez. The Hometown Foundation is excited to bring back the Dream Ride Experience. August 26th to the 28th at Connecticut's Farmington Polo Club. Join us in celebrating the accomplishments of our Dream Riders while enjoying live music, a car and motorcycle show, family fun zone, pet adoptions, canine demonstrations, the fireman's chili cook-off, and much, much more. Get your tickets today. So a great, great uh, event there and and certainly worth you guys checking out. We'll be promoting it at Northeast Streaming Sports. will be a major uh, sponsor of this event. And uh, hopefully have a presence there as well. And we'll talk more about that as we get closer to the event. With no further ado, I will bring in my co-host, Mr. Carlos Chavez, the mad New Yorker. Good morning, Carlos. Good morning, guys. How you doing? And we'll we'll morning, uh, we'll say good morning to Rick. Rick's on live, and he always wants uh, Carlos's A game when he comes in live, of course. We want it all the time. Good morning, good morning Dave. Morning. We'll talk a little bit about your bills this morning, I promise, in their the draft. Bills. And we'll, uh, since they're the only team that plays in New York, and and uh, we want to point that out uh, to all you Jets and Giants fans out There's there. There's still a lawsuit pending on that, Keith. <laughs> Although about the uh, Jets and Giants, uh, the guy suing them for a billion dollars. <laughs> you know, these guys are just crazy, aren't they? Jesus. Listen, let's, let's talk quickly. Not quickly, depending on how it goes here. Let's talk a little bit about the NFL draft and, and the winners and losers here. You know, we can talk in general. There were some good, win- you know, big winners, I think, throughout the league. The Eagles, I thought, did really well, obviously, getting uh, Brown in the trade and their draft in general. Um, but locally, I think both of the New Jersey teams <laughs> <laughs> did very well. The Jets, and I know you're a fan of, of, of both te- teams. I, I get the sense that the Jets are more your team. I'm not really sure, but uh, you can comment on that. But I thought the Jets – 
hit a home run. I really did. We, we talked last week about their first round. It couldn't have gone better for them. They wanted to get either the edge rusher or the uh, lockdown corner and they or the shutdown corner, and they got both by the fact that Jermaine Johnson felt much deeper than we thought they would. And then for them to get Bryce Hall or Brees Hall, Jesus. Brees Hall, the run back, yeah. Down here, I keep saying Bryce Hall. There's got to be a Bryce Hall out there that I keep mixing them up with. Uh, but getting Bryce Hall in the second round was actually a really good uh, selection as well. And then they got a kid from um, Ohio State, the tight end, that I like a lot, who does, who, who from what I can see, does a lot of the same, uh, has a lot of the same job functions, if you will, that George Kittle has with the 49ers. And we do know uh, the 49er connection with the with the Jets. So what are your thoughts uh, on the Jets draft overall uh, as we get started on this conversation? Well, I feel like the, the Jets did a good job, like, um, fixing the holes they have on defense uh, in the first round. Um, you know, they got a player that fell pretty far on the, on, on the, um, on the draft boards. But, uh, you know, a lot of players fell hard this, this draft. Um, like we mentioned, uh, going into the draft, there was going to be um, more parity among the players. And a lot of good athletes, um, great college players, but uh, standout standouts was there weren't that many, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, in in almost every position, right? So um, what the what the Jets were able to do, uh, I, I I feel I still feel like they should have given Wilson more protection, um, it, it, like. Uh, in the, in the beginning, uh, some of these higher picks for the, for the O-line tackle, you know, and all, and then also an opportunity, it would have given an opportunity to, to even um, the player that they picked last year, you know, Carter. Um, so uh, I, I give them like a B minus because still we, we don't know what's going to have all these players. We, we still don't know which one's going to pan out because uh, it's, you know, that's just the way it is in the NFL. We're still looking forward to what's going to happen in free agency. And, you know, I hope they win nine games, right? At least minimum, right? And it's the NFC East and it's possible, but the big questions that both New Jersey teams have right now with the New York uh, logos is like the quarterback, like what are their quarterbacks going to do? And, um, but draft wise, I I give them, I give the jets a a B minus. And not being a jet fan at all. And, and certainly being wary of what they're building there as a Patriot fan, I give them an A plus myself because I think they hit a home run. They didn't get the offensive lineman, but they did get two guys. uh, Actually, maybe maybe three guys when we count the the trade for, uh, or the signing of uh, Uzuma, uh, the Mm -hmm. tight end from, from the Bengals. They get weapons that Zach Wilson desperately needs guys who can bail him out of, of, you know, broken plays. Brees Hall is a guy who can do that in the backfield. Uh, Carter's shown that he had some ability last year, as you said. Uh, and uh, and Garrett Wilson, obviously, is that big target, a guy who can go up and get the football that, that every quarterback needs. And you I got just, another tight I just end. The, yeah, I just think the Jets and the, a lot of these teams got lost in the hole. we got to make sure we, we, uh, we replace our wide receivers because they're starting to ask for too much money. Um, I think they all got – all the teams got kind of lost in that gamut. You know, if you, you see all these wide receivers going, it's not to say that they didn't have talent and they're not good, but you saw a lot of them go in the first round and, and it's because of the, uh, the trend, right? You, 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 you know, you got players like Brown and Debo Samuel asking, and even Hollywood asking for more money. And, you know, it, eventually it was going to happen, right? All these players eventually in all the positions that are, critical or important are are going to do this eventually right because there's more money coming into the league yeah. so i think they the teams would just got you know the eyes opened up and they got kind of weary and be like well you know what wide receivers do we have and what, who do we have to replace because we got to get them now because we're not going to pay for them <laughs> you know we're not going to pay for this in, in the back end you know and yeah. and that's okay that's the way it is right it's business um and but i i, I just feel like they could have strained that that position more in in the o-line especially for uh, a, a quarterback that's not proven. Uh, and maybe he'll be good in three years. Maybe, we, you know, those maybe, maybe, maybe keep coming up for the QB position uh, for the Jets. Uh, we'll talk about the Giants in a second. But, you know, it's not it, – they didn't do a bad job, you know. So – but we'll see how, how that pans out, right? You know, as far as the receivers go, you know, it's, it's receivers league now, the way the game is played. And that'll – and by the way, that'll cycle around, right, because the defenses. Our defense are getting smaller and quicker to, to kind of uh, uh, combat the, the the way the offenses are playing today. 
And at, at some point, the offenses are going to get bigger and and play more smash mouth football. It won't be for a while, but until then, the wide receivers are important, and they're all going to get paid. That's the downside of drafting these guys uh, so high as well. You've got a rookie cap, but eventually, you're going to have right. to pay him, and that bubble is going to burst on this wide receiver market soon. And, and you, you see the the one thing that the Jets did, or even with I'm, I'm not sure how how involved Salah was, but they they just want to be quick. You know, and they want to give Wilson opportunities and they want to make it fast. Right. Um, you see all these picks that they made. It's all about speed. Um, wide receiver, the even even getting another running back. Uh, you know, it's it, it, for him. I think it's going to be getting that trying to get that touchdown fast. So, yeah, we'll, I, see that, we'll, we'll see what happens with the Jets. Yeah. Looking at this, I think Salo is very involved in this draft. Just looking at it. So with the defensive side. Yeah. The, the tight end the prospect that I mentioned, Rucker out of. Uh, a ruck, ruckert, excuse me. I got and good morning, Alan. By the way, because Alan's my uh, my ombudsman when I mispronounce him and him and Drew. Who, Drew's not on our Friday show usually, but they point out all my mispronunciations, which is <laughs> a show all in it by itself. Uh, but I like the kid Ruckert from uh, from Ohio State as well. So I think they got a really good tight end prospect there as well, which is another important position in the way the NFL is played today. You need to have that top plate. Yeah, but I, I mean, again, I always tell people if you're trying to if you if you're trying to build a running game, you're better off getting a fullback or or you know investing in your O line because the the tight end is an opportunity to, to for a quick dunk or a quick play, but they're they're also injury prone uh, because they have to take on bigger guys. That's you know? very so, You know, you might as well make somebody um, get an extra O line if he's a smaller O line, make him a, a fullback and and pound. Pound him in the a gaps and, and, and make sure that you know it gives space for a running back to make his first move because that's all most RBs need to do right you know these days. So, yeah, just a couple of uh, comments here, not not related to what we're talking about. Rick wants to con- congratulate the giant of a man, Jordan Davis, who the Eagles. <laughs> I think they did a great job getting this this kid as well. He signed his rookie contract already. He does wish it wasn't with the Eagles, as he's a giant fan. And then Alan, good morning, Alan. As a Cowboy fan, having to see uh, Thibodeau and, and Jordan twice a year is, is nerve wracking. I'm sure it probably is. And we're going to talk about Thibodeau right now as we jump to the Giants draft. And I think, again, the Giants did well. I'm going to give them an A as well. I mean, Thibodeau, oh. I think I think they would have taken Gardner or Thibodeau, depending on who the Jets didn't take, right? And that's going to mm-hmm. be interesting. We talked about it last week, and, and I've talked about it in some other places, that I think it's going to be an interesting uh, – comparison as we go through the next several years maybe decade who knows you know who who made out uh choosing uh, sauce Gardner on the jet side and Thibodeau on the giant side because the jets could have upended that and made it go the other way right i did a great job uh fortifying that that defensive line with Thibodeau and the, and the pass rush and and evan neal and i love the kid from kentucky that they got uh in uh in robbins uh what's his name uh wayne dale Wayne Dale mm-hmm. Robinson. Yeah. Um, and I think it also spells the fact that they're going to move Tony. I do not think Tony's going to be part of this team next year. Um, and they had some good later picks that I think will, will, will potentially be uh, uh, pretty good players in this lineup. I like Cordell Flott from, uh, from, from uh, LSU, the cornerback as well. What are yeah, the biggest winner right now is Saquon Barkley, right? They didn't move him from the team. Yeah. He gets yeah. to, you know, uh, play again. And now he's got somebody to make holes for him. Right. Um, they should have got somebody else as well. I just, you know, you need more depth. Like you got a, a running back that needs, you know, bigger holes. And then you also have a, a, a quarterback that, you know, gets smacked around um, and, and needs more time to make decisions. So, you know, Evan Neal is a great pickup. That was good for the Giants. But I mean, again, I feel like maybe another extra player, like they, they had a lot of, a lot of O-line tackles and a well, lot they- of, they people available so. in the first four picks they picked two offensive linemen so it isn't like they didn't go out there and try to get some you know protection for daniel jones and speaking of daniel jones this is a make or break year for jones we God, this is a that. waste of time for the this is a waste of time for the jets and the giants to be honest He's, in the qb position because they they don't have anybody that that has any experience and you got an opportunity now with you know with all these picks that you made the free agency um you got to pay uh, the giants have to pay galladay um, so, you know, like what, why is wasting the time with this, with this guy and, you know, this, maybe, maybe Jones will be a good Q, a backup QB. Like who knows that, that question, who knows, who knows is going to keep coming up for, for both New Jersey teams. And it's um, as, as much as a business decision, it's, it's terrible because 
they're not, you know, they're they're gonna maybe be compare competitive, but not enough to to yeah, make any when you uh, make a big run, you know. When you think about this year specifically, and just this year, what were the Giants gonna do? Because is there a better who's a better solution to to a potential Daniel Jones upgrade? And he he improved his game last year. You can't deny that he played when he played. He got hurt, we know, but he did play better. He took better care of the football, and now he's got <laughs> the guy who helped jo- Josh. Uh, um, Josh Allen become one of the best quarterbacks in, in football. Now I know Josh Allen had a lot to do with that as well. But, but I mean, uh, it's Tyrod. It's Tyrod Taylor. Come on, it's not got- that he's a bad. He's a bad quarterback. Because the problem is every time he starts doing something great, something bad happens. And yeah. that's that's not that's not a testament to. That's just a testament to how terrible the teams were that were built when he got there. Like he hasn't got an opportunity to stand out, um, and. Unfortunately, that's that's just bad bad luck on him and, and the teams that he's played on before. But now he's on the Giants again, a bad team. Um, he's gonna look like a superstar, maybe three games. Hopefully, nothing happens. But you know, we if you can if he can win five games, great. But he's not the one starting. That's the problem. He's not starting. So the Giants are gonna lose three games until they say, you know what? Maybe we should use Tyra Taylor. I have to apologize, Rick Sherlock. I'd call him a Giant fan earlier. That was my bad. He's def- obviously a Viking fan, as we know from from this show. Uh, listen, I mean, look at. I mean, I think the Giants have a chance to be better. I don't think they're going to compete, and I don't think the Jets will compete for a division either. But I think no, neither of them will be. Neither of them will be making any runs to the first round of the playoffs. I so. think you're going to see too much to improve teams, though. I don't yeah. want to see improved teams, man. I'm sorry. I live in the capital of like media and and the biggest teams in the world and New York teams, and they're not they're not performing. So you know, <laughs> well, I I don't disagree with you. I mean, for the prices you pay to go to yeah. games and 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 whatnot, you people do deserve a winner. But you've got to build teams the right way, and I think the Giants are doing a good job. I think the yeah, Giants- they're, they're they're just going sideways and downwards. I mean, yeah, you, they got a a coach that's not you know that has no experience in head coaching. They got a GM who just fired scouts after the draft, which makes no sense. Um, you know, so whatever. It's the Giants, right? It's the Giants and the Jets. And Allen's lucky right now that even even with the problems in Dallas, they're still probably going to compete for a playoff position. If if they can, if, okay. if they're going to, you know, because I think Philadelphia and the Commanders are going to actually be the the two top teams in the in the NFC East. To be honest with you, you know. It's funny that it and and Alan's correct that Tyrod Taylor did take Buffalo to the playoffs for the first time since '99 when he was there. But that's his only claim to fame, other than you know getting his lung punctured and moving up Bobby Herbert's uh, uh, timetable. Yeah, Allen has to understand that Daniel Jones is being put as a starting quarterback. He's he not be. the starting quarterback, and so that's, that to me is already frustrating. <laughs> it's like. Wow, I, am I the only guy? And again, I'm watching this from the outside. Maybe everybody else is too close to the situation. But Daniel Jones played much better he's, last year. He's terrible, man. He's terrible. He does. Wow. He, he takes too much. He takes way too much time to make decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. He he does have a problem handling the ball. Right. He, he, he does have great here. running skills, but it's not that he's running to make plays. He's running because he's going to get hit. So you know, like it's. He'll be okay as a QB if he got the, if he got the pieces around him. And last year, all the pieces were falling apart around him. Saquon got hurt early. Galladay wasn't helping him. Right. Uh, um, this other wide receiver got hurt as well. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so I'm so upset. I can't even think of his name right now. Um, but um, so it this you know they didn't have a wide receiving core for him except for some of the younger guys. You know, well, there you go. There's a defense of, of Daniel Jones that you just gave. I mean, again, think about yeah, but the quarterback supposed the quarterback supposed to be able to adjust and move forward above uh, and above that. Like like Russell Wilson didn't, doesn't make any excuses. He just knows that he can't win with the team that he was on. Well, you just so you, you see him still winning games, man. <laughs> like well, I don't hear Daniel Jones making excuses. I just heard you making excuses for Daniel Jones. I mean, again, there are reasons he has not developed more, and it's not part of it's him. It's all on. It's a lot of it's on him, but it's also the coaches that have been. Yeah, been, but he's not. He's never been a type of. He's never been a type of player or quarterback to be able to take on the responsibility, the onus on him himself to to make the team better. If you put if you put Daniel Jones on any team in NFL, will they be will they be a Super Bowl team? 
No, exactly. There you go. You just the fact that you had even think about it, and I answered yes. Is a is already as look. The coaches were looking at your quarterback when they were at the preseason, talking about, "Oh, look how good the quarterback Mac Jones looks, who's an okay quarterback so far because he's a rookie, right?" They were looking at him, saying he looks so much better than Daniel Jones. And the coaches and the own coaching staff of the Giants were like, "Wow, because they don't have a good quarterback." But so even, even with that, even with that mindset, they should have just got rid of him last year. But there's not a quarterback I could put on that team that would have made a playoffs that made the Giants a playoff team last year. There's but, not. But is there a quarterback you could have put on that team to win to at least put the owners and win three to five three to five games? Daniel <laughs> Jones can do that. No, he I'm, can't. <laughs> he can't do that. They didn't lose every game last year, Carlos. They won. What they win? They yeah, won. but they weren't. They weren't in. They weren't in every game. They weren't in every game. Some games they had to come back, and they were kind of like, you know, are they going to win this game? Are they not going to win this game? You know, I find it hard to believe I'm spending this much time sticking up for Daniel Jones. Yeah, <laughs> let him go, bro. <laughs> I see Washington over. I like Washington a lot. I think yeah, Washington, Washington has a great defense. Their offense is you've got to watch out better. The, and and Brick makes a great great point here. I think if Hertz can play quarterback and at least manage games and not beat them. The Eagles are going to be very tough. They've improved more than probably. Yeah, and the Eagles just solidified their O line. They yeah. got a, another wide receiver in Brown. Um, if Hurts can't, I mean, Hurts helped the team last year <laughs> get to the playoffs towards towards the end. So it's like he's not a bad quarterback. Just a lot of people in the league just kind of know what he that he's not um, that he's still you know on that hasn't peaked yet, right? So. Yeah, I- and again, I, he, uh, Alan talks about Jones staying healthy. They might have won six or seven games at best. A fully healthy team, they would have won. Ah, that's a stretch. That. Alan, that's a stretch, man. It is a stretch. It is a stretch. Yeah. But this team is better now, and they got to find out about Daniel Jones right now. And my point about finding out about Daniel Jones is there's not a better option for this year, right? There isn't. They have a quarterback that has taken a team to the playoffs as a backup. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's like – and on, on top of that – both of the guys who brought him here have experience with him. You play Tyrod Taylor, you will not win one more game than you would have won with Daniel. Then Jones. why did you pick him up? Then why would you put? Why would you pick him up if you you have free agency where you could pick up half of these quarterbacks, Garoppolo, Baker? Uh, why would you pick up Tyrod Taylor even Robert. if you're just saving money? You need an opportunity to win games. Yeah. Uh, good morning to Robert Butler. He makes a great point. More, uh, Jones can't throw people open. You got to get people open to throw the football to. And he needs to get rid of the football sooner. We know that. Yeah, he's not a good quarterback f- to be a starter. He's not. He might be a good backup. Who knows? But let's, you know, let other teams figure that out. Cut so him. Decent team get over it. Still swept by Dallas. Listen, look at Allen. Be careful. Philly improved a whole lot more than Dallas did this year. So be careful about how you. Uh, yeah. um, look, Allen, Dallas did a good job picking up some players on the draft. Um. Their biggest problem was the fact that Pollard was doing was playing a lot better than than Zeke, and you can't have your number one guy who you're paying um, and running back not be better than the backup. That's the biggest problem, and so they got Dallas has to figure that out. They cut do they cut Zeke and keep Pollard, or are they going to keep both guys? And how are you going to make them happy? You know? Good morning to Tim West. Tim West says uh, you wouldn't be surprised if the G-men grab Baker after his release. It's possible. Uh, you know, Baker brings his own issues to the table uh, as well. And, I, you know, it's funny. I've heard a lot of team fans as they go on some of the message boards and they're, they're, they're screaming about how their team hasn't traded for Baker Mayfield. What knucklehead GM would trade for Baker Mayfield when they know he's going to get released? You trade for him, you got to take on that huge contract and that would be crazy. So, yeah, I mean, He's got to be released. Let's just finish this about the Giants. At the end of the day, they don't have any cap room. They have very little cap room and, and space to maneuver. And what they're doing right now with what they have is a, it's an okay job because it's an okay new leadership. And they're not going to win more than nine games. So let's let's leave it at that. Right. No way, trade. You're absolutely you're right uh, there, Tim West. Nobody should be trading for him. If you do, you should be their GM should be fired immediately. One quick uh, one last quick note before we move on to the Bills. You can't trust Carson Wentz. I don't necessarily necessarily disagree. He may not be a quarterback for long either. Wentz isn't Wentz isn't a bad quarter. He's better than Daniel Jones. (laughs) Wentz at least took a team to the playoffs. 
Um, in the second, as his second year. So listen, surrounded by much better players. Well, hey, listen, the Giants had great players too. They just kept getting hurt. Let's let's just let's just leave it at this. Wentz helped Indianapolis bridge a gap for for a quarterback because they let him go. Now he's at the Commanders. All he needs to do is just play his game, and he'll be okay. Wentz is not a bad quarterback. He gets a bad rap um, for some of the things he does, you know, on the outside. But if you if you look at the paper, you look at the uh, at what he's done since he's been in the league. He's an okay starting quarterback. Is he in the top ten? No. Can he be? He does have potential. He's still young. Like you know, was it, isn't this going to be his fifth year, sixth year? Fifth year, I think. Fifth, fifth year, year, yeah. So he's he's he'll be all right. Look, give him the weapons that he needs. Give him protection, and you'll see that he's not that bad. You know now. Can we talk about prices and, you know, why, you know, but, you know, if the fees are the fees for what you have to pay QBs. So, you know, I'd rather pay Wentz than pay Daniel Jones or someone like um, Darno. So, you know, and Washington is better, has better depth in in offense and wide receiver and running back. All they need is an O-line. That's it. To be an O-line to be consistent because their O-line is okay. They just need a, you know, they just need more consistency. Let's move on to Buffalo. The Bills needed some help at cornerback. Oh my gosh, the Bills, the Bills. I think the Bills, look, I give them a B, maybe a B minus. I don't think they did bad at the top of this draft in getting, uh, 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 what's his name? Kaleri uh, Elam Elam. from from Florida. Uh, A lot of people had him take a booth from Clemson and he fell a bit into the second round. I do like their second round pick of James Cook out of Georgia. And I think they're going to get a little bit of a steal maybe in uh, Shakir, the wide receiver out of Boise State, um, yeah. who a lot of people have compared to Cooper Cup. So it'll be interesting to see what they do there. I think all in all, the, the, I look at the Buffalo, I think Buffalo did what they needed to do. Uh, they did get the – I think they might have drafted the first punter in the draft too. And oh, my know, God. They drafted that punter before they drafted the help that they really needed, which is the O-line. Listen, punters are not – you know, again, you know, probably – well, you didn't take them to the sixth round, but – you know, punters are still valuable weapons in, in the NFL, and they're very underrated uh, these days as well. Well, look, they got Cook, which was a good uh, – which is – if you liked it, I don't care much – I don't care much for the pick because they don't have an O-line. They did pick up an O-lineman and towards the end of the later rounds, uh, the last round, I believe, but they needed more. They need more help. You got you got yeah. Allen running for his life, not because he wants to be a running quarterback, but because he, he just is not protected as well. You don't give him time to throw the ball. He yeah. has to run and throw the ball. Think about how if you gave him more time to throw a ball, how much more dangerous this offense can be. And on top of that, if you gave him a good running game, because you have a good O-line, they'll be okay. I, I feel like they got a C because they should have got an O-line help. They, they, they're, they're stretching with the with the defense. Their defense wasn't that bad. It was maybe ranked in the top top 10 last year. Um well, they could have made a few moves. It didn't look good in the championship game against – or uh, I'm sorry, the uh... – the uh, what was it? The divisional round game against Kansas City. They should have won that game. It was their defense that beat them. Yeah, but that that game was strange, anyways, from the get. So, um, I don't know. I just feel like the Bills are miss this. This they keep missing out on things, and you know they might make the playoffs. But these guys that they got, it's almost like they they're gonna. I don't know if they'll push them. You know, I don't know if these guys are gonna push them to 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 get the team better. They just got depth, Agreed. which yeah. is not a, which isn't bad when you when you're drafting, right? Because that's yeah. the point. Let's get depth. So they got depth on defense, and you know they, they got a running back, but they didn't need a running back. They have three, and um, there's still a team to be in this division. And you know, as long as Josh Allen's throwing up all the Stephon Diggs and some of those other, he's got a lot of weapons at that wide receiver core. He'll still be- exactly. Well, that's the biggest thing to have in their favor right now is there's a steel team to beat. So, but they shouldn't use that as a, as a, um, as a foundation because no, they, you know, they their problem is they need to stop people better than they have the last couple of years consistently. And Josh Allen can't be your number one rusher, you know, forever. And Tim, I'll, I agree with you on one point here, the jets, as I said, if you weren't here at the top of the show, I said the jets had a home run. I think they had the best draft of anybody in the league myself. And I will say, Buffalo won the state of New York because, again, they're the only team that plays in New York. So I have to amend your statement. Sorry about that. Yeah, and like, and we, and I mentioned it, right? Like, I was, 
a proponent. Just sell your picks, man. Just get depth. Get because this was this was one of those drafts that you could actually do that. Like um, you you know at, when these players fell when that player fell and the Jets picked them up. I'm like, wow, that's a great move by the Jets. But could you imagine if they would have sold that that pick? They might not have got Sauce Sauce Gardner, but they could have got like two or three more players, right? <laughs> right. Alan, Alan, with a good segue for me to move to the Patriots. Uh, the, look at I've seen the Patriots draft everywhere from a D minus to a B, and I can make out be the best team in the league. All I can give it is uh, you know, maybe it's I can't grade it because I mean he just made. Look at I don't mind some of the guys he got. I like Strange. I actually like Thornton. I like Marcus Jones, but every guy he seemed to reach for before he would have needed to pick him. And uh, he de- he drafted – I'll give him this. I think they had a plan. Strange is a perfect uh, fit for the Patriots offensive lineman. They did probably pick him early. He's very versatile. He's quick. He also threw four passes uh, in his senior year just to be the perfect Bill Belichick uh, guy. And and he also drafted the, the fastest running back and wide receiver in the draft. So – Speed was their was their goal, and speed is what they came out of here with. I like I do like Marcus Jones, a cornerback out of uh, Houston as well. Well, can you imagine? Strange has as many throws as Mac Jones did in the first eight games. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, again, all, all in all, this I can't give them a grade. I don't know. It, it could be a D, but because this is Belichick, Bel- it's a Belichick know. team, man. It's- it you, is. Could, you could grade him an F, and they're still going to come out. And yeah. he got he got depth in some places that he needed depth. They they're making moves of free agency. They're going to move Van Noy. He's already talking to other teams. So um, that's what I think. That's what's next right now for the NFL, right? So we're looking forward to free agency and, and seeing what teams going to up you know make upgrades and what teams are just going to blow it. Because yeah. even the Giants, they just cut Bradbury. So where's where is he going to go? Who knows? Right? Maybe maybe the Patriots and make them and make them a Super Bowl like. A play, make him a playoff team to you know help them get to a Super Bowl. I'm going to trust that the greatest coach of all time knows what he's doing a little bit, even though he's had last year was a good draft, but before that he had a couple really bad drafts and it led to kind of their downfall. Uh, besides their franchise quarterback leaving, greatest quarterback of all time, and Tim West pulls no punches that Belichick is embarrassing himself. Well, I mean. Uh, Look at the, at, at the end of the day, they they Man get signed with the Chargers. Good point. Another uh, patriot, uh, expatriate. Oh, he did sign with the Chargers. Yeah, uh, yesterday I believe he signed with the Chargers. Yep. Good try. Well, that's, that's a good pickup for the Chargers because he's great a pickup. Now they're now now they still got to you know step it up in in a horrific challenge in AFC West. Like anybody can win that. Like that's just going to be a crazy, you know. That's a that's a wild wild west right there for you. Yeah. So anyway, what else? Any any other takeaways? Uh, uh, you or let's see, anybody else with comments want to make? Uh, Rick's here. I want to go to the Minnesota draft real quick if I can find it. Tennessee made out. They I, I give them a B. They got depth. They got a quarterback. You know, they got a wide receiver. So yeah, they fell into the quarterback what in the third round, right? In uh, mm-hmm. in uh, Corral. Malik. Uh, Malik, uh, sorry, Malik Willis, right? Carl uh, went to Carolina. I keep mixing those two picks up. I don't know why. Uh, I'm not sure. If, I'm not sure if that's a good pick. I don't think Corral is a good pick for the Panthers, but I like Corral. But you know, he's got some health issues. He's not that big, and you know, his game may not. His game and health combination may not translate too well to the, uh, the NFL. NFL. Yeah. I think someone like some of those players like Corral should should go to like the Canadian League and just. What team will be the biggest surprise this year? It's a little early for me, Dave, but if I had to pick somebody right now, I would say I can't really call the Chargers a surprise. I don't think it, given what they've done, but it might be the – actually – It could it, be the Dolphins, right? I don't I don't think the Dolphins well, – I, I mean, look, they're in the AFC East. They're in a the the Buffalo Bills didn't get better. They just got depth, which they need, but doesn't mean that you get better. You you have a you have the Jets that that did okay, but they're not going to win. So I think the Dolphins are going to be that sneaky team that might that might actually you know can make a run for the playoffs because the Patriots they they are they're what they are right now. So look, the Dolphins have improved in in defense. They had questions about Tua, but the, you know whether they have questions or not. He did bring them to, to uh, close to a playoff run and towards the end of the season. So. 
I think your sneaky pick right now will be, to me, will be the Dolphins. Because all the other teams that were in the playoffs last year are almost, it's almost set up where it's almost the same teams that could be in the playoffs again. But I think many, many teams, the Dolphins' success will come down to the quarterback. And I don't think the I don't believe that's true at all. I, do, I, I think, think the quarterback is accurate enough to, for this team to be that efficient on offense. Hey, you've, you've always said, You've always said, you know, you don't have to have a great quarterback to be in the Super Bowl. I didn't say that, but you need a guy who can be accurate and complete passes and move the chains. And I don't think two is that guy. Is it, he don't look at the look at the tools that he has around him now. He's had tools around him. No, he, not really. Not 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 really. Yeah, and Tariq Hill's going to find out, and the Dolphins are going to be sorry they paid him this contract when they realize it's not Patrick Mahomes throwing to him anymore. Well, listen, if to, even if look with him on the team, it just gives Waddle a better chance of making more catches. Because Wad- Waddle's done an outstanding job for for somebody who can't throw. He's catching a lot of crazy passes. Yeah, Tim's agreeing with you. And as, as I said, Hill's got to find out he doesn't have uh, Mahomes thrown to him. He's got two. The so. biggest problem right now with the Dolphins, and that why I think people kind of like are throwing shade or disagree, is that they're having you know internal problems in management and ownership. Like that's that's one of the biggest problems. But uh, again, if you put that aside and you talk about football, like for instance, like the Commanders. With the yeah. issues in their management, they have a they have a solid team. The Dolphins have a solid team. The commanders have a solid team. Their ownership and leadership is questionable, but the yeah, same thing. All- with Tennessee, same thing happened in Tennessee. The, de- the old Tennessee, Tennessee. Nobody talked about Tennessee because their ownership's crazy, right? But now they're one of the best teams in the AFC. Look at the Miami uh, ownership's just as crazy. Stephen Ross fires one of the best young coaches in football and chooses him over Tua. Yeah, old- that's what I'm saying. Like that's why a lot of people are kind of like disliking that whole, you know, management and ownership type deal and information. But at the end of the day, you still got to play football and you got to have somebody, you got to have those people playing on the field. Right. And if we talk about football and and what we're, what we're going to see, I think the dolphins are going to be the sneaky pick this year. And I, and I, and I believe that um, because the AFC East is the AFC East. I'm starting to think Tim West is a Miami fan. I can't remember Tim. I think we've actually. I mean, look, a lot of there's a lot of players in this league, Tim, that are overpaid, man, a lot, and it doesn't it, it just because you overpay them don't mean that good things are going to happen, right? We uh, look, the Jets paid Davis, Corey Davis, way too much money. He wasn't on the field much much of the time last year. Galladay, the Giants paid Galladay. He wasn't much on the field last. Didn't do that well on the field last year. Everywhere, um, so everywhere be- you look in the league, there's players that are getting paid everywhere. The problem is, and the issues are, what do you, you know, it's not what you get for your money, but what are these teams doing to win? You know, no. and, and the and the problem is the bar's getting set by some of the wrong guys. I mean, Jacksonville sets the bar for wide receivers with the with the contract to Kirk, who's a nice player, but that's too big a contract. The Browns set uh, set the quarterback. Uh, uh, bar now by giving Watson all those years and money for a very yeah. questionable signing. Yeah. And look, ask, your, ask Rick. You know, he's a Vikings fan. Look look at the quarterback that they have in Rick. Steeler fan. So, I guess give us your uh, – again, Tim, this is a perfect, uh, perfect comment here. They overpaid, and Kansas City makes out on this – well, we won't know for a little bit. Well, Sky Moore is not a bad replacement. <laughs> I'm going to tell you that. No. Guy Moore's good, and they also improved their defense by leaps and bounds if these two kids in Kansas City play well. And then, look, Green Bay and the Chiefs will be will be competing again in the playoffs because even though they didn't choose in the first round, right, or they had very little – they had lower and lower picks in, uh, in the lower in, – in the – in the first round and the second round, they got a lot of picks, and they built depth, and they made the team stronger. Good stuff. Let's before we run it because we're we're gonna run out of time. If I don't move here, we're gonna have a lot of time to talk about the NFL as we go through here. Let's. I want to jump into the Major League Baseball uh, and talk about the Mets and Yankees. Both off to really good starts. Yankees just ended a eleven game uh, winning streak by losing the other night uh, to the uh, to the Blue Jays, but they do have a two and a half game lead on the Blue Jays right now, right? Uh, which is a little surprising considering where they were. Don't forget the Yankees had a big long winning streak last year as well, and last year we. Yeah. Is a disappointment. So let's. But the difference. The difference is that Gary Sanchez is not on team. So right, and the Mets are. are, are gosh, I think what are the Mets four games ahead right now? Maybe five. What are they? Uh, f- well, they beat Philadelphia last night, so it should be five. Five and a half. They're ahead, and uh, Phil. By the way, just to they, touch, Joe Girardi is going to get fired in Philadelphia very soon. Well, listen, that uh, team is, I, it's not his fault. They put together a horrendous team there. Well, defensively, defensively. 
<sighs> Defensively, no. I, did you watch? Did you watch a game last night? I don't need to watch every okay, game. Let me tell you, the, the Mets got seven home runs in the la- in the ninth inning. Well, the pitch had nothing to do with defense. No, no. I, the, look, the, Phillies, the Phillies' biggest problem, which since Girardi's been there, has been pitching. They haven't, even if they have good starters, they haven't had middle relief or closing. I don't yes. disagree. The pitching staff is a problem. But when yeah. you have bad defense, it just makes the pitching problems even worse. The, look, um, I'm going to say, I, and I watch the Phillies a lot because the Mets play them. Defensively, they're not the greatest. However, they're they're okay if you if you're like talking about um, if you're comparing them in, in the NL East, right? They're okay. Um, I might give them a, a C. Good point. Philly gets swept by Texas. Yeah. Again, that pitching staff is what's hurting them the most, man. I mean, I'm I'm sitting here and I'm watching these games, man, and yeah. I'm like, and I'm like Phillies in Phillies. Some some of these games, Phillies are whip, whipping up on some of these teams, like they were whipping up on the Mets, but and then. Just, the middle relief just blew it for them last night. When it comes to pit, look at I don't say the pitch the Phillies have a good pitching staff, but the defense makes it worse. And you can't just look at defense and say, oh, they only had X amount of errors. It's the balls you don't get to that count as much or more uh, than, than the errors that you have. And the Phillies do not have a plus, except for maybe Harper when he's and, and I think he DH last night, didn't he? Um, uh, I believe so. Positive. But anyway, look at let's get back to let's get back to the Mets. Yeah, I don't want to defend Philly because I, I really dislike them, but I, no, I don't I think Joe Girardi is going to lose his job just yet. Um, but they better uh, look, look. What the Phillies try to do is what the Yankees did, and then try, try to get a lot of hitters and just get enough pitching to get them by, and that that's not going to work. It's not a it's not a winning type of formula. But if you could get away with it. You know, you're you're trying to you're putting money and trying to save money in, in different places, and it's business and you know business and sports don't mix, man. It's just the way it is. Dave, you and I would both like to see Cashman go, but let's let's get back to the Yankees. Have are off to a surprising, for, in my mind, a surprisingly quick start. They haven't been known for quick starts, uh, especially uh, the last handful of years. But there's some good things going on. Judge is playing well. Going to cost the Yankees a lot more if they want to keep him now. Rizzo's playing well. Um, Rizzo's playing great. You know, he's hitting. A lot of us uh, 300 and making all the plays on defense. Mm-hmm. Now, well, and, the, and the pitching's been outstanding. The, the starters got to start going deeper into games, and part of that's because of the short and spring training. I get it. But there's not a guy averaging more than five innings a start. That worries me a little bit. The bullpen's been outstanding. Michael King has been a godsend and, and a surprise on this Nestor. staff. Right? Um, a couple things that still worry me and I'll, I'll let you go. Um, the cat, the hitting and the, the defense is better. So I'm happy with the catching and especially the receiving of games and, and certainly defensive play is better, but the kit, the hitting is horrendous and Joey Gallo maybe starting to hit the ball a little bit, but all I need to know about Joey Gallo is watching the, that 11 game winning streak come to an end with Joey Gallo, and he did get a walk in this at bat in the ninth inning, but they got two men on, two outs, and he's swinging for the fences every time he swings a bat. He comes away with a walk, so it's a win, but he needs to be just putting the ball in play and trying to tie the game, and this is the wrong approach, and this is what will beat the Yankees if this continues. So go ahead, your comments on the Yankees. So so Gallo in the last, I think it's been already like almost six games that he's like in, in and out of lineup that um, – you know, because because of his hitting, so uh, the Yankees did did right by that by you know put him in in a bench uh, along with um, Hicks, right? So, um, you know, the the Yankees are winning because they're they're playing they're they're hitting the ball a little bit better uh, in, in a lot in, in about seven games they're hitting the ball a little bit better. Yeah, um, they're playing okay defense. The pitching is what's getting them through. Uh, Nestor's pitching great. Uh, they, very well, yes. I, I I still feel like they need. Um, I don't. Cole's been pitching okay. He's yeah, a couple wins in that winning streak. He's pitched lights out the last two starts. He's been yeah, um, but uh, like I still I still think that they need two pitchers. No, the Yankees do. But hey, the ROI on the Yankees is is starting to come through, right? You guys yes. can hate. You know, you don't have to like Cashman. You can hate him, whatever. We can say anything about Cashman. But the biggest problems he's always had is that he's gotten he didn't 
he hasn't gotten much for his investments that no. he's been putting out there. So uh, right now he's starting to get that. And uh, and on top of that, um, judges playing lights out, um, defense and offense. They have put Staten on the field a couple games already, playing playing during uh, not DHing him, which is good. <laughs> Helps the lineup a little bit as well. Um, so and and then again, yeah, Tim, you're right. Health, health. Yeah. I, I meant to bring that up in my positives. They've been healthy. Yeah. Everybody you worry about is made it through April and early May healthy. So that is a very good. And, then, and that shortstop they picked up. Um, uh, I can't <laughs> say his name, but he's been playing great defense. So um, I got to laugh, at Alan, because you know I love your enthusiasm about your team, and it's nice that they swept the horrendous Phillies, but. You know, Otto and Cole is is a mismatch. If uh, you know, maybe Otto's throwing okay right now, but I'm going to take Garrett Cole all day long in this matchup. On that matchup, I will. Yeah, and then, uh, like another thing, like even even Donaldson, even um, that like, taking him out for a few games looks like it's, it's not hurt them. No, because if you can bring him out um, throughout the game, even as a, a backup, you know that's great because that gives you depth, right? So. No. Actually, another downside for the Yankees right now is, it, it, and he, despite the, his game the other night, maybe to help him break out, Glaber Torres is still not playing good baseball. He's not playing good defense. He's only hitting about 220. Maybe the game the other night uh, where he broke out a little bit will help him, but it, I don't know that he's ever going to get it back together here in New York. They may have to move him. Right, but look, at the end, what, what they want from Glaber is if when they put him in that he plays okay or, or great, you know, so um, because – you know, at at the end, they're not depending on his bat to win games, and they're not depending on his pitching to win games, right? So you just want to get, you just want your players to play good, not okay, but good, and and you'll be all right because the, you know, um, the all stars will start doing the things that they have to do, right? Kind of like the same thing with the Mets. You like, well, you got your high end players that you're paying are the ones that at the end of the day going to get you out of trouble. Let's which move is your on. Your staff and and some of your hitters. Let's move on to the Mets here, and uh, we can certainly go back and forth if we have to. Before I get started, uh, Dave Guyette, and then and then in the uh, total disclosure, Ian Anderson is uh, Dave Guyette's cousin, so we want to make sure that we understand. <laughs> yeah, he's a great pitcher too, by the way, Dave. But as far as him getting taken out too early, everybody's getting taken out too early, and there's two factors: the shortened spring training plus the way that the game's played today. Eighty pitches, and you're out of the game. It doesn't matter how good you're pitching. And one of the things that drive me crazy, and as far as the Subway Series, Dave, it might be a little too early to uh, to go there. Actually, before we switch to the to the Mets, let me get a couple of these other comments out here, uh, Carlos. It's possible though, Dave. Um, the way if they play the way they're playing in April, but you don't win pennants in April. No, you don't. Um, sure. Yeah, right. As we just talked about Tim's, you know, all over that for sure. Um, I'm not sure what Tim laughed at, but that could be about anything. Great fan moment. At, you know, this is a very good point. And I got to go. I, 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 I hate to cut into the Met time, but I have to. No, go ahead. This is a great moment. And another reason the Yankees have got to keep Judge in, in pinstripes. This is the kind of thing you can't. This is the kind of publicity you cannot buy. Great fan moment the other night. Both the Toronto fan giving the kid the ball. He was trying to get a ball all through the game and during the warm-ups, between innings. And the Toronto fan gives him the game, the, the ball, and then the next day, judges giving him a signed ball. And that kid's wearing a judge jersey. And without Aaron Judge, that kid's probably not in Toronto at that game. Again, I know that's a bit of a leap, but this is why they need a guy like Aaron Judge. That's why I say he's the face of the franchise, and he's what's right about sports. And you pay the guy. Yeah, and you know what Toronto should have done? Bichette and 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 uh, Vladimir Jr. should have been like, you know what, guys, bring in four kids on the field and sign their balls and have them run around the field. This is terrible for Toronto not doing your marketing job, man. Okay? <laughs> like, don't let don't let a guy, a visiting team guy, outdo you in your home. That's not that's it, not it, good. It, it looks bad. And yes, Judge, he's get the win here on the marketing side is probably not good. <laughs> I mean, at least he got the win, right? <laughs> And Alan, I got to tell you, Alan is consistent, but I, well, you're setting the bar a little low if you're comparing the Rangers to the Reds, by the way. If that's your standard of success, where you're in big trouble. <laughs> no, I mean, look, kudos to to Judge and and some of these baseball players that, that go out out of their way to uh, for some of these kids. Um, 
Oh, no, yeah. they don't have to put them on a payment plan, Tim. For uh, what? Well, they owe them a lot of money. Yeah, that doesn't mean anything. That means that that Bonilla sure. and Cano are gonna are gonna have a. They don't have to worry about buying a new wallet or finding a new job. Well, they got Cohen. He could just give them the forty. I think they owe him forty million dollars over the next two years, don't they? Thirty-seven. Thir- okay, thirty. Call, call me a liar for three million dollars. And then uh, Bonilla gets one million dollars every July first on by Bonilla Day until twenty thirty-five. They did take care of the kid. Yeah, by the way, the <laughs> Yankees win this PR battle too because he's also coming to a game in New York against Toronto for free. <laughs> so and that that must have took a lot because you gotta fly out, which now you don't have to worry about COVID, but they're allowing people in Toronto with with the COVID sanctions and all that now. No, I know Tim is joking about the Cano thing. I get that. <laughs> but it's very funny. We love Bobby Bonilla Day. By the way, and I think we talked about this on the show that uh, a lot of people think that Steve Cohen should really uh, uh, capitalize on Bobby Benia Day and have a whole big event at the stadium, get a full crowd, and then give him one of these giant checks every uh, – what what day do we say it was? It's June July 1st. Oh, July 1st, yeah. yeah. Listen, I mean, not for nothing, but why? Dave. Why? You too, Dave. Uh, why, I mean, have a great day. Why, why not, right? He didn't, he didn't play that great for us, but for the Mets – uh, or here in, in, in Queens, but uh, why not make a day out of it? Every, you know, if you're going to have some fun with it, you yeah. know, it's, it's such a negative thing that, the, that, that, that Met fans and, and writers have been able to pin on Mets forever. And Keith, you all right. He froze there. Yeah, he froze. So yeah. So what Steve Cohen should do. And I mean, he can do whatever he wants. He owns the team, but we'll be able to do for another. Are we back now? Carlos is froze. How you doing, yeah. Carlos? You're right. No, I'm not frozen. I'm just watching you being frozen. Yeah, we had All a little. Right we had a little internet disruption. It looked like so. Um, yeah, so Steve Cohen should have some fun with this, right? Uh, rather than be a negative thing for the next two decades. I mean, why not? Like, he's. It, it's something that you know the, the it's part of the Mets, right? So you got to do something with it. Let's talk about the Mets before we run out of time here. I mean, obviously they're doing they're playing very good baseball. Big win last night, coming back from a seven one deficit in the ninth inning. I think I read this morning. I think it was their biggest comeback in, in a ninth inning comeback maybe in twenty five years. Yeah, but they're playing good. Not I mean this team isn't even hitting the ball as well as it can. Lindor is sitting two forty and. Uh, you know, the overall team batting average isn't great, but they're hitting in clutch situations, two outs, two strikes, putting the ball in play, and and they're pitching really well. They're playing good defense. They're playing good situational baseball, which I talk about a lot, and I said all along, and again, I know it's only April. Well, it's May now, but it's only we're only through April. Uh, that This would be the buck effect, is that the culture would change, the situational play would get better, and – guys would be held accountable. And I think you're seeing that effect early in the season here. Yeah. And uh, look, the, the Mets are doing a, a good job getting some of these games and um, fighting back and uh, not and showing resolve. And, but the, the, the buck effect is, is one thing, but the, he has to be, Buck has to be very careful because you can only do so much with the talent you have. And he has to play these guys um, to, to the talent and to their, and, and to what they, and their skill level. And, and, you know, he, sometimes he's overthinking some of these moves and um, it's put them in, in, in a bad situation a little bit. Like um, even having uh, Tyrone Walker last, last night, because he wanted to save a pitcher for tomorrow for, for today's game. It's like, you know, they didn't have to be down seven to one really. Uh, but again, you're, you're stretching your pitching staff because you got a couple of injuries. Uh, you don't have may right now. And, um, you know, like, so, you know, so these guys that you're depending on kind of like you got to shuffle things around, but that's part of baseball. That's part of, you know, and I say you play for today and worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Right. Um, yeah. But, but, the, but that you, you overthinking situations can, can put you in a, in, in bad place. And um, it's kind of different than last year because uh, Rojas was putting these players in, um, in the situation that he was playing for today. But what like um, but he didn't. They didn't play small ball. So right now they're playing small ball. 
the runners are in scoring position, you know, playing better with runners in scoring position. And but the difference is these guys, um, they're hitting to hit, not hitting for home runs. Uh, even Alonzo yesterday, like for the first time, I seen him trying to swing the bat uh, the way he can. Uh, for the beginning of the season, some of these games I've watched, I go, I've even gone to go see personally. I'm like, you see him, he's just pressing. You know, he wants to hit like a home run, and then it's like he's a home run hitter, but he's not a like a Fred McGriff type. You know, he's not he's not Gary Sheffield, right? So he's he needs to see the bat. You know, he just needs to. Be, he's not a strikeout guy. He's a hitter, and a lot of these Mets, they're hitters. And when 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 they take that mind frame and they come outside of that mind frame, they they be, they kind of um, put themselves in the negative because yeah. they're, they're swinging for the fences where they could just been trying just trying like you say put the ball where and play where it needs to go. And last night you saw that in the in the ninth inning. Yeah. Um, even um, with uh, Marte, he hit the he hit a pitcher. He didn't mean it. he tried to he didn't mean to hit him, but. Just getting that ball started and getting hitting him in the infield, he's got so much speed that he made that play. That gave them an opportunity. Marte's speed is has been a great asset. Huge uh, asset. defense and hitting, uh, and with him on base, that um, defense is so much better this year than it was last year, and that's a huge factor. And that's yeah. the infield defense too, but uh, the outfield defense for sure. The right now, like the Mets are getting the return on investment that that Cashman hasn't been getting. Right, so Kana, uh, Kana's hitting. Mm-hmm. Bassett's pitching great. You better sign that guy right now before he costs more money for the. Yeah. So um and uh the pitching the pitching staff's p- pitching good. Carrasco's coming back. Um he had a, f- a trouble a couple games, uh but he's he's doing okay. I, I feel like Carrasco should only pitch four innings, but that's me. I mean the first two innings, and most of all his last year he was giving up too many runs, but this year he's you know he's got a better rhythm. I think he should only pitch four to five innings anyways. But um, you know, a lot of these players, they get uh, the Mets are getting the return on investment, and they're they're doing they're playing baseball and doing what they have to do, and it's just the beginning of the season. They're healthy right now, so we'll see where the rest of the season goes from there. They've done a great job making up for the loss of uh, the early season loss of Degrom with McGill's pitch great, obviously Peterson, who they just brought back from the minors, who got shipped out just on a numbers uh, crunch. I think he's pitched really well as as well, and uh, it, I think the Mets go as far as their if this starting pitching stays healthy, um, Degrom gets back. I st- I don't think they can win this without Degrom. Yeah, and I mean I didn't even mention Max Scherzer. Like I I don't feel like they should be pressing him. Out of Scherzer, but sure you know, Bucks letting him go, letting him pitch. You know, six seven innings sometimes, and like look, uh, almost close to the seventh inning. But you know, you as long as you get what you pay for, man. Like you know, you feel you start feeling better about you know about the team and yeah. The team, the team's winning right now. They're in good spirits right now. They're being a great team for each other. They're playing for each other. And winning it's making them that. great. So <laughs> winning does that. Good morning to John Carter, by the way. Thanks for joining us this morning, John. And that's a great stat. And I'll bet you there's a lot of teams probably with worse stats than that. I'm not sure, but uh, yeah, missed- <laughs> 330 last 25 years and trailing by six runs or more in in the ninth. Not surprising stat, by the way. And I agree with Tim. We've talked about this a lot. We only got a couple, uh, about a minute left here, but so refreshing to see small ball and not swinging for defenses. I agree 100%. Tim, if you watch my shows or watch my vlogs, you know how crazy I get about the way the game is played today, home runs, walks, or strikeouts. And we need guys like Buck, old school, to change that type of uh, mentality. I think Albies for for Atlanta is stuck in last year where he he was a, he was one of the guys getting a, a lot of hits, and now he's just pressing to 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 be a better hitter, and and he he's swinging big because he's such a, a small guy anyway, but he's swinging big to to try to you know make things happen where he should he should just swing the bat. Um, it's like I I told people I don't think Lindor, I don't think it's that he has pop. It's just when he swings a bat. You know the the ball's going so fast that when he swings the bat the right way, he he can get, he can get a hold of a couple of them, and and sometimes they'll they'll go out of ballpark. I don't think he has that much pop because he's a small guy, anyways. Yeah, and Albie's the same way. He could he can make stuff happen if he just tries to swing the bat and and get hits and and just you know play within himself. Don't don't try to be something you're not. And baseball, a lot of players, um, mentally they know what the skill set is, they know what their attributes are, and and they try to. Sometimes what happens in games or even during the season is they go outside of what they what what they are. 
Um, and one thing I wanted to talk about were the umpires. Like, uh, if you look at what happened the other day with Boone getting in the face of, of the umpire, I mean, Judge, he's six seven, and his strike zone's always going to change depending on who the umpire is. Uh, guys in the, in, in the past, Gary Sheffield, Fred McGriff, these guys that were tall, they never got good calls. They were striking out anyway because they were home run hitters, but they never got good calls in, in, in games when it mattered. So, you know, I'm sure Judge kind of is already understanding that about him, but it, it is bad for umpires to not make good calls. But it's something that Judge has been playing that it's gonna Judge has to deal with as a player being tall. So umpiring it we gotta wrap it up, but umpire's been bad in this league for a couple of years. It's getting worse. The Angel Hernandez's of the world are taking over and 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 they're 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 horrendous umpiring is getting passed on to younger guys, I'm afraid. Guys, we gotta run. I want to thank everybody for coming in today. Alan, uh, Tim, and Rick, and John, and and whoever else we had here. Alan, we'll touch on this angel thing. I picked them to win the. Uh, you did pick them. Yeah, you did. Yeah. So let's. Uh, we'll talk about that more on the Sunday stream of consciences. Guys, have a great day. Bye, with the Mad New Yorker for TGI Sports Talks. Are you serious? Right here on the Northeast Streaming Sports Network. Have a great weekend.